0: Throw a trumpet in Zion Throw on the mountain Throw a trumpet in Zion For the day of the Lord is come Throw a trumpet in Zion All right, folks, I'm back with another exciting episode from The Remnant Call. Glad everyone is here with us tonight. And just a special thanks from last week from Derek Gilbert with Skywatch TV. Just want to thank him for coming on The Remnant Call. It was a great interview on his new book, The Great Inception. And I'll tell you, folks, there is a deception. There is a satanic psyops from the enemy that is going on. What we see on television, what we see actually in the spiritual, even in churches in the spiritual realm, it is all over the place. And it is part of the devil's in-time plan to get the church completely off track, uh, focused on the wrong things. And I'll tell you, uh, they are planning something so large. And the Bible talks about this great deception that's coming, that if it were possible, even the very elect could be deceived, but thank God we follow a powerful king, and his name is Jesus Christ, and we are just thankful that he is still on the throne. He's the great rock, the one that promised to never leave us nor forsake us, that would be there until the very end, and with that, I am just happy to be following him at this hour that we are living in right now. Well, it is getting a little more insane out there, and it's getting a little crazier, and we are going to bring on uh, Brother Benjamin Baruch tonight to give us some insight On Not only what's going on uh, behind the scenes, but really this great infiltration that has happened. Um, We're going to find out who the red horse is in Revelation and what they've been playing and doing to basically take down the United States of America in preparation for war and what's going to happen in the future. And we're looking forward to that. But folks, there is a lot of struggle right now. People really want to get close to God, and they feel like there is so much uh, just basically war inside the spirit, struggling to get free from sin, struggling to get into their prayer. And next week, we're going to have an exciting episode, and it's called The Violence of Grace. Now, that might sound a little odd to some people, but we're going to see grace from a standpoint that maybe you've never seen it before. I bet most of you have never seen this before, and it's going to show you something about grace, that it is a powerful, powerful weapon that God uses. Well, I'm not going to give it all away. You're going to have to, to tune in to hear about the violence of grace next week, because I'm telling you, when you understand this, and I'm going to bring it right from the Word of God. You're, it's not going to be something that I, it's a hypothesis. This is going to be truth from the Word, and it will change the way you feel. When you feel that war going on inside, you're going to understand it from a whole brand new perspective after you hear this message on the violence of grace so make sure that you tune in next week because folks i'm this is serious hours and this is going to be a serious message and so with that i'm not going to delay any longer i'm going to bring on our guest tonight brother benjamin bruke benjamin are you there with us i'm here amen well hallelujah glad to have you here with us Well, we are excited about tonight's program Benjamin and I know that you shared with me earlier today that you've heard some pretty important stuff that from the Lord and things that you'd have us to do. And there's also we're just discussing there seems to be this kind of a, a false reality or a everybody's got a different perception of what's going on. Benjamin, you seem to have a deep insight into what's really going on right now uh, in the world. And just love it. Benjamin, could you start us out with a word of prayer and just take us where God is leading you to take us tonight in this program?
1: Absolutely. Father God, we thank you. We thank you that your word is true. We thank you that you always warn your people. Lord, we thank you that you... Have called us to yourself and that there's safety there's safety in the secret hiding place of the Lord and we thank you that through the blood of Jesus our enemy has been defeated sin Amen. and death will be defeated and and Lord it is through your power that our iniquities are subdued that we might learn to walk in righteousness with you pray that a word of truth will come forth tonight. We consecrate this time in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. Well, Benjamin, brother, I know that you've got something laying on your heart here with us tonight, um, specifically. The title of the program is Behold the Red Horse. Benjamin, what has God been speaking into your heart?
1: Well, brother, you know, what a time we're in. You know, it's, Really, really amazing, you know, and in so many different ways, you know, the, the news is getting stranger by the day, you know, rumors that, you know, the White House wanted to have a private line to be able to talk to the president of Russia. They used to call it the hotline, you know, <laughs> and it was considered a pretty good idea, but now... Now it's an impeachable offense. (laughs) You know, as the embedded communist satanic shadow government seeks to project its own evil onto President Trump and doing everything they can to just throw a monkey wrench into any true reforms. I know when, um, and I don't want to go off on Trump. Tonight's program is entitled Behold the Red Horse. We can talk about the red horse of war that has reared its ugly head and is really for those who have eyes to see it's staring us in the face. You know what gets what has so many people confused, Frank, is the fact that Satan is a master of disguise. He has so many different faces, masks, if you will, from the ancient gallery know he appears in one form and then another and he even can appear as an angel of light you know he he starts his own churches you know not to be undone by christianity satan started several major christian sects in response to the truth he's poured out a flood of false doctrine and Disinformation and deception upon the earth, and and it's confused and indeed is deceived numbers of people. One of the things that really has everybody just kind of you know not quite seeing reality is the fact that these ruling empires, these kingdoms of men, which the Bible describes as beasts, are actually all being manipulated and and controlled by the satanic forces. You know, if we were to just start our inquiry into the revelation of the red horse, you know, I would say a good reference point would be Daniel's vision in chapter 7 of the book of Daniel. And Daniel, he wrote in verse 2, Daniel spoke and said, and I saw in my vision by night. Okay, he had had dreams and visions in his head, and he saw in these visions by nighttime. Behold, the four winds of heaven strove upon the great sea. And, of course,
0: the wind represents
1: the spirit power, the spiritual world. The great sea is the sea of humanity. It's not the sea in the natural. It's the sea of creation, where mankind is pictured as a sea. And four great beasts came up from the sea, diverse one from another. These four beasts were different. The first was like a lion, and yet it had eagle's wings. Daniel says, and I beheld, he was looking until the wings were plucked. And the wings were torn off the lion, and then the lion was lifted up from the earth, made to stand upon its feet as if it were a man. And a man's heart was given unto this beast. Behold, the second beast, like unto a bear, and it raised itself up on one side, and it had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth, and and they said unto it, Arise and devour much flesh. So the second kingdom that Daniel saw rise, this beast empire was pictured as a bear, and it was violent, and it devoured much flesh. And so the Russian bear, the communist bear, has been the most violent of all of these empires. And after this, a leopard with four heads, and then the final beast, Daniel chapter 7, verse 7, And then I saw in the night... Behold a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, exceedingly strong, great iron teeth. It devoured and broke in broken pieces, and it stamped the residue with the feet of it, and it was different from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. Of course, the eagle is America, the lion is England. And the eagle's wings came out of the lion even as the American nation came out of England as we were once colonies until we declared our independence. And the bear is Russia. The leopard with foreheads, Nazi Germany, which suffered the same fate as Alexander's Grecian Empire. And then the fourth beast, the one-ruled government, which will come to power, different from all the others, exceedingly dreadful and terrible. And in Revelation 13... We're shown a picture of the, the one-world government, the beast system at the time of the Ed, And it has the head of the lion. The lion is still part of the beast system. It's got the body of the leopard. The leopard and, and the lion are now together. And it has the feet of the bear. These three different kingdoms now have all been assumed into the one-world government. And thus it has the attributes of the head of the lion body of a leopard, feet of a bear. The eagle's wings are gone. The eagle has been destroyed as a superpower. And in fact, we we will get into it tonight. The eagle's wings will be plucked in World War III, in which the bear, the Russian bear, the communist bear, the red horse of war, as pictured in the book of Revelation, will bring the battle of Ezekiel 38 which is World War III in the secular world's view. It'll bring World War III to the planet, the purpose of which will be to destroy the United States of America, to pluck the eagle's wings and allow, in effect, to force the nations of the earth to surrender their sovereignty to a one-world government. Because World War III... Is going to be so terrifying to humanity and after the war is fought the black horse of of Revelation chapter 6 which is the horse of economic devastation global famine global economic collapse the likes of which we have not seen in the modern era starvation disease poverty beyond your comprehension will come in the aftermath of the Great War and the nations of the Earth will be told the only way to survive, the only way to rebuild the Earth, to rebuild the institutions of government in the nations that have all collapsed into this global depression, to guarantee peace and safety for the planet will be for all of these kingdoms to unite. And so the lion and the leopard and and the bear and all the lesser kingdoms of the earth, will all give their sovereignty unto the one world government, and it will be headed by the lion. And so the point I'm trying to expand or elaborate upon is that each of these beasts, though they are different and diverse, one from another, are actually being manipulated by the same power structure. These are all satanic kingdoms at the time of the end. They're all being used as pieces on a chessboard by the dark forces and by the satanic shadow government, which counts the United States of America as a, quote, captured operation, close quote. Now, the communist system of the former Soviet Union was a created operation. By the red shields, and the fact that the communists chose the color red, which is the same as the color of the red dragon for whom they work, and you know the thing that has confused so many Western observers is that at the highest levels inside the anti-Christ communist government in the in the inner sanctum of the prole bureau of the former Soviet Union, which today calls itself the Russian Federation. The same Communist Party members who are atheists in name, in their public persona, they claim to be atheists, but behind the scenes, the highest levels of power in the Communist system are also members of an organization known as the Order of the Illuminati. And they work hand-in-hand hand with the shadow government in the West. The lion and the bear are working together. And they're going to co-opt the leopard in the process, which represents a united Europe. So following the great war which is coming, in which a nation will be sacrificed on the altar of the one world government, the lion and the leopard and the bear will all use their power and their forces to create a one world government. And so that is the mission Of the red horse of war. Mm. Praise God. Let's get into this message now that I've kind of given you a good preview. First, I want to read a scripture uh, from Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 7. The lion has come up from his thicket. He stood up from crouching in the tall grass. And the destroyer of the Gentiles is on his way. The destroyer of nations is come, and he's is going forth from his place to make the world desolate, and the cities shall be wasted without inhabitant. And for this, gird yourself with sackcloth, lament and howl, for the fierce anger of the Lord has not turned back, and The point in Jeremiah chapter 4, we're shown a picture of the end-time judgment that would come, in which a beast pictured as a lion would silently, in a very stealth fashion, even as a lion hunts its prey, the lion crouches in the grass as it gradually gets closer and closer to the prey that it seeks to devour.
0: And when the lion
1: has got within striking distance, and it no longer needs to hide, at that point, the lion will come up from his thicket. He will stand up very slowly, as if motionless. And at the first impulse of the prey, the lion will pounce. And so, here we're told in Jeremiah chapter 4, the satanic kingdom, which is pictured as a lion in Scripture, it too has stalked its prey. It has hunted humanity. It has hunted the free world. And it's done so through deception, disinformation, lies and fabrications, false flag attacks, and assassinations and discreditations of any who would stand in its way. And yet it did it all under the cover of darkness. It did did all of this work hidden in the grass, if you will. But at the point where the lion is ready to take the kingdom, it stands up. So today, you know, the plans of the Illuminati are being revealed And the reality that we are looking at a world war is beginning to dawn on people as North Korea, which is a communist satellite state, that will not move without the permission and the blessing of communist China, which is working hand-in-hand with communist Russia as it continues its provocations. And and the long-range plan of the communists was always to use North Korea as a tripwire to engage NATO and American forces in a distant war on the other side of the Asian continent. So we'd be unable to respond to the primary attack that would involve, essentially, an invasion of the Middle East and an attack on the mainland of the United States, which will be phase two of the war. And all of this is pictured in the breaking of the second seal. But let's jump over to the book of Revelation, chapter 6, where we are introduced to the red horse. And the red horse is another picture, a prophetic picture of the bear that is going to devour much flesh, because the red horse represents the war that is coming, but the war will be prosecuted by the communist alliance by the many nations that have gathered against the daughter of Babylon, America. And coincidentally, they are are described as the Reds. It is the Reds who are the bear of Daniel 7, and it is the Reds who prosecute or start World War III, and they are pictured in Revelation 6, in the second seal, the red horse. Revelation 6, verse 1. And I saw the lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder, and one of the four creatures saying, Come and see. And that's what I'd like to say to you tonight. You're going to get to come, and you're soon going to see. And I saw, as you will soon see, behold, first a white horse, the first seal was the white horse, and he that sat on the white horse had a bow. He was armed with a weapon, and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. Now, we've talked at length in other programs about the identity of the white horse. He's seen as wearing white, so he is initially introduced to the earth as a good guy. This is a good cowboy. He's wearing the white hat and he's viewed as having a, a crown. A crown was given unto him. And that word in Greek is Stephanos, and it means a a badge or an emblem of royalty. This empire is deemed an empire of royalty. And and this Stephanos, this crown, is a symbol of honor. This nation of The nation of the white horse, whose president lives in a white house, was deemed the greatest of all nations. It was deemed the valid, legitimate ruler of the free world. But yet, it went forth conquering, and to conquer, behind the veneer of its white horse, and under the cover of its white hat, in darkness... The deeds of the Illuminated Ones were being done in the halls of power. This nation has been overcome. Look at the catastrophe in your news today, if you doubt me. Our prior president was a Marxist, Muslim, from most likely foreign birth and yet they sold him to the American people as a progressive liberal. He has brought in communism under the guise of progressive socialism while at the same time dismantling our military, leaving us vulnerable. And the people that work with him, the the Democratic National Committee, the Democratic Party, has been co-opted by the enemies of our country. Anyone with us any sense of, of what is true right and wrong can see the anti-God, atheist, socialist, and communist agenda of the far left, where they now, communist thugs, now beat up old, retired, or unemployed construction workers who wear a hat saying, make America great again. And at the same time, this is what's confused so many. The enemies of America have also co-opted the extreme right and the neocons seek to impose, you know, the empire America, nation building, but look at the, look at the results of their war to bring democracy to the Middle East. Remember? The American president who was going to liberate the Middle East yeah. they don't even have a word for liberty in the Arabic language it's anyone called death to have, America pardon me
0: their idea of liberty is death to America
1: actually their idea of liberty is that I'm free to kill the tribes that oppressed me yeah my tribe has the political or military upper hand and we can exterminate our enemies that is I'm not exaggerating. That is their comprehension of freedom. So the white horse was... You know, so many people were confused. You know, who's this white horse? Where? Who's this guy in white who's going forth creating all these wars? Well, it's the White House. It's the United States, my friends. And then when the second seal was opened, I heard the second beast say, Come and see. There went out another horse, this one being red. And power was given to him... To take peace from the earth. Think of a world at war. That they should kill one another. And that there was given unto him a great sword. Now the first beast. And these are kingdoms. Okay. God's picturing these human governments. As wild beasts. Because they act like a rabid dog. From the perspective of God. They're altogether evil. They lie, they kill, they murder, they prosecute war for economic gain. They traffic in human slavery. You don't even want to know what they're doing today. It's so hideous. That's why they're pictured as beasts. The second beast, the first beast, was given a crown. The beast was given the symbols and the appearance of honor before humanity. It was the great empire. Think of the lion, the British Empire, and the eagle's wings, the American Empire. Both of those were perceived as good empires. God saved the queen, right? They fought for democracy, right? Well, not exactly. They appeared to wear white. If you looked at what happened behind the scenes, there was an alliance of darkness. They were actually part of Mystery Babylon. The secret societies that, that dominate the political and economic dynasties of these empires are reaped in witchcraft and, and occultism. In every evil under the sun, both of these empires became full of the birds of darkness. Both governments possessed of the devil, and that's why they are beasts. But to the common man, who has zero spiritual
0: discernment,
1: he's waving his flag. Because the propaganda story is always designed to solicit the support of the man on the street without which these empires could not rule. But the second empire was not given a crown. It wasn't given the symbols of royalty. It wasn't given honor before nations. No, this second empire, which is pictured as a red horse, which represents the bear of Daniel's vision, these are the communists. They were given the power to take peace from the earth. And that word in Greek is lambano, And it means to violently seize seize and remove and to take away the peace and tranquility of the planet. They've been given the power to create World War III. We're going to talk about that in detail. But here in the scriptures, it's already been prophesied that they would be given power. They wouldn't be given honor. And you know, anybody who's a seriously thinking person can understand that, you know these are not really good countries. These countries are not here to do good. They're here to acquire power and to enslave humanity. And they're actually just another manifestation of the satanic, dark government that seeks to create the one world, the government of the beast. And this was all prophesied to come. Now, a lot of people that are sitting back today, and they're looking at the news, and they're wondering, things are different now. There's talk of war with North Korea. We've moved several carrier battle groups into position around the peninsula. North Korea threatens to launch a nuclear warhead against the United States. The U.S. tested an interceptor missile the other day, which we claim worked. What is the reality? It was kind of a funny story too on the news because the newscasters left us with the impression, well, we we tested an interceptor and yeah, they say it works, so I guess we're fine, right? I guess those lone interceptors that are designed to actually strike an incoming ICBM traveling at something like sixteen thousand miles an hour in outer space as they transverse the planet, I guess they're expected to be able to hit several thousand of these ICBMs. Now, the ironic thing is there's no way that could be done. Conversely, the, the Russian anti-ballistic missile system, Frank, it's designed to detonate an X-ray-based nuclear warhead in outer space, that will destroy the electronics of every ICBM in point of sight. That's scary. They just got to get in the neighborhood. And so, yeah, very scary. You know, think about it. In the Vietnam War, the United States designed the AR-15. It's a beautiful rifle. It works. Amazingly well, provided it's in a sanitary, perfectly clean environment. Throw it into a, you know, battleground where there's mud, or grit, or grime, weapon jams. But yet, it's an engineering marvel. That the precision with which it was made was just brilliant. Unfortunately, it jammed constantly in the Vietnam War. Then take the AK-47. It's kind of, um, you know. It's the, the Volkswagen. I mean, if the U.S. built a, a Mercedes Benz for its rifle, you know, then the, the communists built the equivalent of a Volkswagen. It kind of just barely fit together, you know. Huge tolerances, not precise engineering, pretty sloppy piece of engineering, really. You could pour mud inside that thing, it would still work. You know, our hubris, our ego was our undoing. So let's talk about what's really going on inside the kingdom of the bear. Let's talk about what's really been happening that's going to lead us up to the event where the second seal is about to open. Because we are getting close, people, to when the second seal will break. And that will be the end of the white horse. Because the white horse is done. Once the red horse is released, what follows will be the black horse they actually come together a red and black judgment upon the earth, and out of that will come the one world government of the Antichrist and the final chapter of human history but let's talk about what happened and what has been happening inside the communist system particularly let's look at we're going to look at Russia and I'm um, going to be talking of uh, reading some comments from a book entitled Red Shihad, um, and it was written by uh, a guy named Kincaid and the, also co-authored by my friend Jeffrey Nyquist, J.R. Nyquist. And um, Jeff has also written a book, Origins of the Fourth World War. For any of you guys who might want to understand this in a little more detail, I would direct you to Jeff's website, jrnyquist.com nyquist.com and you can get Jeff's book on the origins of the Fourth World War and listen Jeff has been doing an amazing job trying to warn the people of the United States and and Jeff's been doing it at his own expense and you know this is not a popular message i would ask you guys you know pray about um, supporting Jeff's work the Origins of the Fourth World War, or you could get the, the book we um, co-authored, The New Tactics. This would be a great way to bless Jeff. And these books would arm you with the information that you're going to need to talk with your friends. And, and then after you've read them, you can pass them on. And the more people that we can wake up to the reality of what's about to happen, the better. So that was my one-minute uh, plug for my good friend Jeff Nyquist. But I want to read some excerpts from uh, his recent book, Red Jihad, which is about the Russian and the Soviet campaign to destroy the United States. First is a quote by uh, Mikhail Gorbachev, Michael Gorbachev, um, who was the Prime Minister of the Soviet Union during the era which was known as Perestroika, when he was dealing with Reagan. And he made a quote, this was produced or published in Russia, he said, Our secret weapon is to deprive you of an enemy. Because during the Reagan era, the Cold War was raging. The United States military and the United States defense industries were leaving the communist nations in the dust. Our military capabilities were so superior to, their, to those of our enemies that they wouldn't dare prosecute a war against us, and at the same time, their communist-controlled economy could not produce the kind of wealth to fund a military effort to keep up with the U.S., and so they realized they had to come up with another strategy. Well, that strategy had been in the making for over 50 years, and it involved deception. The primary, the single purpose of that strategy was To deprive America of an enemy. To uh, create the appearance that we won. The Cold War was over and America had prevailed. So why do we need to maintain a military capable of stopping the Russians? We didn't. The secret weapon that Gorbachev alluded to was the so-called collapse of the Soviet Union. In order to turn Russia into a normal country that would be acceptable in the West. The world had to be convinced that Russia had escaped the grip of communism and that the Cold War was over and that the United States had won. And that idea was very popular in America. The conservatives embraced the idea that communism had collapsed, and and indeed there was a reality to the collapse of the Soviet Union, the satellite states of the Soviet Union, were set free in a sort of way. You know, East Germany did reunite with the West. The wall did come down. There was a real collapse in the Soviet consumer economy. And billions of dollars of aid were poured in from the United States to to decommission Russian nuclear submarines that were going to become an eco-disaster. And so there was some truth to to the end of the Soviet Union. There was some reality to what happened. But at the same time, the Communist Party never went away. Actually, and we'll, we'll get into it as I share a few more quotes, they went underground and reemerged inside the organized crime syndicate. So the Russian mafia, the heads of the Russian and Eastern European mafias, these are fearsome people. You don't ever want to get sideways with uh, the the Russian Communist Mafia. They became essentially the heads of the KGB. But they went away as a direct enemy of the United States. A gentleman by the name of uh, Gorgi Arbatov, he was the founder of the Soviet Academy of Sciences, which later conveniently renamed itself the Russian Academy of Sciences. He was invited to speak in the West. He spoke at the University of California Irvine in 1988 his speech was just a rehash of Gorbachev's previous address to the United Nations in which he stressed the world where the balance was now a world where the balance of power was no longer relevant but it was the balance of mutual interest that mattered and so the learned scholars of UCI all embraced Arbatov. they thought he was so wise And he was a man of peace. Naturally, they all believed Gorbachev and the promise of Perestroika. Nobody dared contradict these learned men. And their belief was contagious. Virtually everyone believed. So that no one questioned. And the liberalization that followed in the Soviet Union as it changed its name to Russia again, it was impressive. Formal pronouncements were made reducing the role of the Communist Party and their monopoly and power. The KGB itself was reformed. and Its name was changed to the FSB. Dissidents were granted amnesty and were even given some positions of leadership in the new democratic government. Alternative political parties were even formed. Of course, they were organized by former KGB officers. And alternative... Controversial books were published. The Soviet people appeared to be free. But the liberalization was calculated, and it was a deception. It was introduced from above, and it was carried out through the control of the Communist Party, through its many cells, which had now basically reorganized itself inside the organized crime syndicates. But the new liberal Russia created a favorable appearance so that they could begin to fulfill the final stage of the communist strategy for the United States. And that final stage is the unleashing of the Red Horse of War. In 2004, there were a series of terrorist attacks in Russia. Vladimir Putin blamed a foreign power on Russian television, claiming they wanted to destroy the Russian Federation and seize Russia's oil and break the back of the Russian state, and they wanted to deprive Russia of her nuclear arsenal. Nobody needed to say who the they were. The they were the United States of America. Everyone in Russia knew that. Putin, in so many words, blamed America for the terrorist bombings of the apartment buildings in Russia at that time. Of course, according to Russian journalists and and defectors who came forth, They all confirmed these terrorist attacks were state-sponsored false flag operations carried out by KGB FSB operatives. At the same time that this wave of terror was going on in the Soviet Union, terrorism began against U.S. targets, both domestic and abroad. And according to Russian defectors, the principal method was what they called gray terror, in which terror attacks would be conducted not in the name of communism or in the name of the former Soviet Union, but in the name of already existing extremist groups, terror groups, who were never formally connected with the Soviet Union or with communists. Think of 9-11. Think of Al-Qaeda. Think of ISIS. These loosely organized terror cells were actually originally the brainchild of the KGB so that the communists could wage a, a surrogate terrorist war against the West, drawing the Western powers into a war against low-scale armies using terrorism tactics. And lo and behold, it's exactly what happened. The United States has been chasing boogeymen in the caves of Afghanistan. We removed Saddam from power in Iraq. How'd that turn out? We got rid of Gaddafi in Libya, and it's now a failed state. This wasn't incompetence. These were the
0: brilliant
1: chess moves of a grandmaster playing the chess pieces on the world stage. It's just the explanation given to the common people was never the truth. Destabilization of the Middle East was necessary to create the... Immigrant crisis, so that a fifth wave, a silent army, could be inserted into Western Europe amidst a refugee flow that couldn't be stopped. This, too, was part of the plan, part of the coming conflagration of the Red Horse. The overture has been activated The gray terror campaign of the last 20 years has diverted the military intelligence resources of the West away from Russia. No serious voices, at least in terms of mainstream media, will ever warn you about the threat presented by communist Russia and communist China. Although top U.S. military officials testifying before congressional committees have asserted the same conclusion in the last 12 to 24 months. And now Russia brings out her weapons. She brings forward and deploys entirely new systems. Our leaders, Russia's military leaders, they all know that war is coming been known for years. In December, this is really fascinating, in December 2014, uh, a Russian political leader who was the president of uh, their Academy of Geopolitics, his name was Konstantin Sivkov. He was interviewed by Pravda. He made the following statement. The American elite will have to answer for all of their crimes. When Nuremberg II trials take place, of course, Nuremberg trials were the trials of the Nazis, who were found guilty of war crimes following the collapse of Nazi Germany at the end of World War II. Here, a Russian political leader is saying that the American elite, they're going to answer the same way the Nazi elite had to answer at Nuremberg, and he goes on and he says, Hitler's elite had to answer for all of the atrocity and the crimes of the Nazi political machine, but only after Hitler's war machine was destroyed, only then were the Nuremberg trials held. The American elite will not be held accountable for anything until their military machine is also destroyed. Isn't that fascinating? Russian political leaders, are planning on prosecuting American political and business elite for the war crimes of the American empire following the defeat of the U.S. military. Good thing we're not part of the elite, huh, Frank?
0: (laughs) Amen to that.
1: Yeah, we're just the little people who bothered to read all the most important books, particularly the ones written by the prophets of the Most High God. You know, the reality is that much of what's happened in American political history in the last several decades has been exacerbated by the communists. They have used every crisis to their advantage. Behind the scenes, they look at every turn to turn Americans against one another. The far left, you know turning minorities against the white majority, turning the poor against the rich, turning the common people against the police, turning anyone and everyone against each other. Divided we fall. In 2015, the UK Telegraph newspaper reported that both Russia and NATO are actively preparing for war. Our political leaders ignored or denied this reality on the ground, but there's no denying the fact that Russia's military forces are today being prepared for war with NATO. The Russian Federation is currently deploying a whole series of new fifth-generation weapons from the new Armada tank, which is a generation ahead of the M1A1, new missiles, new anti any ballistic missile systems, the S-500 system, new warships, new military aircraft. The most frightening of these weapons is the 2,500 anti-missile S-500 ABMs that they're in the process of deploying. This will tip the nuclear balance against the United States and NATO. And as I mentioned, the S-500 is equipped with a nuclear warhead that will in- annihilate an entire cloud of incoming ICBMs. They have no need to differentiate between real warheads and dummies. The Kremlin had always planned to acquire permanent ABM superiority. Even when we had an ABM treaty in place where both nations agreed not to build ABMs, the Russian anti-aircraft missiles were dual-purpose ABMs. So the S-300, the S-400, and now the S-500 are all dual-purpose anti-aircraft and anti-missile missiles. We've been had, my friends. Russia today possesses unrivaled firepower in its missile delivery systems. Advanced nuclear warheads. The new Satan-2, that's the serious name, folks. The Russians have named their missiles after Satan. They have a Satan-1, now they're introducing the Satan-2. Now, do you get the connection between the Reds and the Red Dragon... They're naming their military weapons after their leader, the spiritual leader of the Soviet Union. These advanced weapons, along with advanced biological weapons, Russia also possesses incredible defenses in the form of underground cities. They have built entire cities underground. Now, in the West, there are rumors that the elite have built underground cities for their survival, but there are no hardened bunkers or fallout shelters or any emergency underground food supplies for the general population. There's absolutely no defense for the American people. Our nuclear military doctrine, going all the way back to the beginning of the Cold War, was known as mutually assured destruction, MAD, or MAD. And it was mad. The logic was as long as we can destroy the Soviet Union, they won't destroy us because it would cost too much. Unfortunately, we let our guard down, whereas we have about 120, you know, sort of older you know later generation uh, interceptors that couldn't really stop any of the modern ICBMs the russian cities and russian military bases are protected by between 10 to 12 thousand abm rockets russia possesses unrivaled firepower and the united states has no response American civil defense is a joke, demonstrated by non existent plans and preparations of FEMA, which several years back was unable to deal with even a single hurricane. Think of Hurricane Katrina hitting every American city. Putin has long said Russia is at war with America, he has said this publicly. Russian TV and radio propaganda for the last four years has whipped the Russian people into a state of feared frenzy that the U.S. and NATO are planning a surprise attack on Russia. They've done this so that when they finally unleash the red horse of war, they can argue that it was self-defense. Russia's political deception was designed to convince the world that Russia was weak and no longer a threat, and it wasn't difficult to make the world believe. In a post-communist world, Russia appeared to be a good partner. But deep within the restricted military zones of the Arctic and in Siberia, where foreigners are not allowed to travel, and within the underground cities of the Ural Mountains, Russian military continued preparations for war with the West. The West had moved its attention to the war on terror, pretty much ignored Russia. In 2014, Pravda published an article comparing the nuclear and military capabilities of Russia with the United States, and they made the comment that the illusion of world supremacy is a cruel joke in Washington. Because the Americans still think they're the lone superpower. They're going to find out in one hour just how wrong they could be. In order to fully understand the Red Horse of War, you must pay close attention to the details and the meanings in order to get past the mythology, deception, and the disinformation which, which surrounds us.
0: You know Benjamin, one quick question about the, uh, yeah, you know, sure. about the disarmament thing. Um, it's very interesting. I went in the Marines, and to your back earlier when you were talking about the M16. Yes, everybody, I can tell you from personal experience, that gun will jam like you would not believe when you're in the field. We used to hate it, and so anyways, that's just a side note.
1: Yeah, but I know, I, I was in the military too. It's not reliable. I mean, it was a genius design, but they forgot about the fact that you're going to be fighting in the dirt.
0: Yes, and the they all wanted, you know, the German 308 and stuff like that because it was far superior. Yeah. Anyways, but yeah. one of the things that you know about disarmament, I went in under Bush, senior, okay, and then right. Clinton came into office. I'm gonna tell you, folks, we I watched the military start to begin to be disassembled. Even then, we watched stuff getting cut back, and and you should have seen the morale change when they started shutting down, and it hasn't stopped. Uh, And so they have been literally disarming our military uh, for years. It's been horrible how they've taken us down.
1: That's true, and it got worse under Obama. And now, President Trump has promised to to change that, whether he gets very far or not, is an unknown. But yeah, we were disarmed. They gutted our ranks. They fired all the senior officers that were the most experienced in terms of actual combat. You know, Frank, it's as if it was intentional.
0: It was definitely intentional. And in fact,
1: the Bible tells us it was. You know, the law, when you go to court, if you go to court, which is never really fun, but if you end up in a courtroom, the law presupposes that you intended the logical consequence of your action, right? I mean, yes. you place, you do something, and then if the logical consequence of that, that action is something else is going to occur, you are legally deemed to have intended the consequence of your action, right? That's how yeah. it works. And so, The fact that the United States was disarmed by its political leaders, starting with Clinton. And, you know, if you look at what happened in the Bush era, they didn't actually rearm the U.S. What they did was wear it out in worthless, useless wars in Afghanistan and Iraq and and throughout the Middle East. You know, our F-16s, our F-18s, our our main stray military fighter aircraft and bomber aircraft, those planes have been flying nonstop since the 1980s. And just like a car has a useful life, I mean, you know, you can keep your car on the road. I've got a truck that's 20 years old, it's got 240,000 miles on it. But, you know, you just never know when the next trip to town is going to be one where, uh, you know, you're calling for a tow and then, you know, another critical engine component failed and needs to be replaced before you can get back on the road again. Same thing with all our military aircraft. Those things are falling apart. They're falling out of the sky. I've heard reports that in the Canadian Air Force, they don't have a single plane that's airworthy, and that the Marine Corps Air Wing, over half the equipment can't fly, because we don't have the spare parts. They're cannibalizing the planes in order to keep the planes in the air. Why? Because of budget constraints. Well, wait a minute. We've been running trillion-dollar deficits. We're paying out hundreds of billions in welfare, and we can't find the money for the spare parts our military needs? Some may call it conspiracy. Others may call it incompetency. But the law says... You intended the logical consequence of your action. This was done on purpose, people. And we know from Revelation chapter 17 that the ten kings, who are basically ten guys who will come to power at the time of the end with the Antichrist, these are the ten leaders, sort of ten top families in the satanic shadow government, that they hate the United States. They hate the daughter of Babylon. And they're going to, they've looted her, they've eaten her flesh, and now they're going to burn her cities with fire, and they're going to do it using the red horse. Wait a minute, I thought the, the Illuminati came out of England. Well, they do. They come out of Europe. But they also had a hand in the Communist Revolution, and they're using the red horse. They use the bear just like they used the eagle's wings. The United States has been, the U.S. military, the white horse, has been used to promote the agenda of the Antichrist. We've been building the one-world government of the beast people, the World Council of Churches, the one-world religious effort, the one-world government modeled after the U.N., modeled after the U.S., which came out of the U.K. I mean, Does everybody get this? Or, I know, Frank, this is pretty clear, right?
0: Uh, I It is, my, but in my back of my mind, I'm thinking to myself, it's clear as day. Unfortunately, it doesn't seem like anybody really cares.
1: Well, you know, in Daniel, we were told... Let me just read the exact scripture for you, because I can't remember it precisely off um, the top of the head. Let's see. Yeah, go thy way... Um, Jesus told, many shall be purified. That's what's ahead for all of us. You guys get to voluntarily do it yourself in prayer and fasting, or you can make the Lord do it. You won't like it as much. Either way, you're going to get purified and made white if you belong to Him. But the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand. But the wise, the righteous, the wise shall shine like a, the like the suns or the stars of heaven. The wise will understand. So look, folks, you know if you. Talked with people that simply can't understand. Well, you know, maybe they haven't seen it yet, or maybe they're just part of the wicked. The wicked are never going to see this. Even after the Great War, they're going to follow the beast, and they're going to follow the false prophet who's going to do lying signs and wonders. He's even going to command fire to fall from heaven. It's going to happen. And the whole world's going to go, wow, what a magic show. Guess they must be telling the truth. So they're all going to take a mark, three sets of six digits, laser tattooed into their hand or their forehead, so that they can buy and sell in the electronic money system, where cash will be eliminated, so that everyone can be monitored 24-7. And they're going to believe it. So, you know, look, we can't do anything about the wicked, and, all, and um, we came here to save the righteous. And so that's what this program's for. And... uh the wicked wouldn't even be listening. We're nuts, you know. The prophetic, the prophetic revelation is considered insane to the people of this era. And um, you know that's just the way that it is. They they see the world through upside down glasses, basically. So anyway, let's get back to just some comments um, from this book that uh, is so brilliant. Soviet deception is not a fiction, okay? The fact that communists lie. The number one thing the Russians are good at, and it's not just the Russians, it's all the communist countries, the only thing that they are really good at is lying, deception, disinformation. And it's far more sophisticated than merely lying. It includes such complex deceptions as creating anti-communist organizations which were funded and controlled by the KGB the solidarity movement in poland you guys remember lech valenza KGB every grassroots organization that rose to power in any communist country if that organization was opposed to communism or opposed to the communist leadership, it was controlled by the communists. You own every horse in the race and you never lose. Kind of like in the West where we got the red Kool-Aid and the blue Kool-Aid. And it's all coming out of the same Kool-Aid stand now, people. Now, President Trump, may, he may be there flying the ointment as far as the disinformation deception system in the West. But, you know, people believe whatever they're told. It's amazing. In a world filled with lies. But the the number one thing the communists are good at is lying. The enemy comes to lie, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And so the red horse, all they're really any good at is lying, stealing, that's what communism is, folks. Everything's being stolen by the state for the benefit of the elite, and the rest of the common people get to live in poverty until they're no longer useful slaves, and then they get to be eliminated in slave labor conditions. Communism is Satanism without the smiley face. And the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And so the, the Reds are basically a manifestation of the satanic, with a more blunt, it's the iron fist without the velvet glove. And that is what they are. Try to imagine for a minute the power of an entire state government, harnessed to achieve Only one goal. Think of communist Russia. In 1959, it mobilized all of its resources, not just the KGB, not just the Communist Party, not just the government, but all of the resources of the entire Russian state system and the Soviet system was organized to slowly begin deception to hoodwink the world. All of these resources geared to playing a long-term chess match to create a fake democracy in Russia. To fool the world that Russia had become a type of democracy so that Moscow could be regarded as a partner and so that Western interest would invest billions and billions of dollars inside the communist enterprises think of the hundreds of billions even perhaps a trillion dollars that's been invested in communist china moving all of our manufacturing facilities into communist china when this whole trend began i remember talking with one of my clients and saying this is insanity you'll never be able to take your money out of communist china Oh, you can build new factories for sure. But at the end of the day, this is all going to be owned by the communists in China. What well, part of this, did they not understand? Well, the reality is the international elite, the international banking families and the royal families, and on the international elite that are pulling the levers of power in the West, they're working in coordination with the communists. That's who they are. And the commune is Uncle, instead of Uncle Joe, it's Uncle Satan. You know, the final premier of the world communist system would be the Antichrist in a world satanic prison camp, and that's what's coming, people.
0: You know, Benjamin, it's very interesting that back in the 30s and 40s and 50s i mean they were investigating hollywood because communism they were so it was everyone was so involved in it now they've just renamed it this progressive liberalism it's still the same party right that, and and so the disinformation campaign that's going on from the so-called liberal left is classic Communists. It's, and yet we've bought it as they're somehow against this Russian connection. They are communists. Look right. at our history. That's who we were well, investigating.
1: Was, if you want the truth, McCarthy was trying to uncover the level of communist infiltration into the West, and he was discredited. The communists successfully threw him off. They threw him to the lions. And nobody would dare touch the third rail of communist infiltration into the West again. You know, it ruined McCarthy's career. If you guys want to know the the details, go read American Betrayal by Diana West. Read, which is all about how the, starting with the Roosevelt administration, as much as a third of the members of his administration were actually Soviet agents, Go read disinformation by Colonel Pachipa, Colonel Lieutenant General um, Colonel Pachipa, and it's all about how they attempted to destroy Christianity in the West. Go read the book Deception by Epstein, how they subverted the CIA. I mean, it's almost unbelievable. It, and the, most people would say, no, it's not even possible. Well, listen, had it just been the Communists? in the Soviet Union and the communists in in what became communist China, I would say that it probably would have been impossible, but they were now working alone. You have to understand the satanic government in the West. Look at the way that it's manipulating the news now. The Russians hacked the DNC. Excuse me? No. That information was given to WikiLeaks by somebody inside the DNC that wanted to uncover the criminal activity of that organization. Trump, a Russian agent? Ridiculous. The Russian agent lost the election. And so all the communist stooges have to turn on and try to discredit Donald Trump. Now, a lot of prophets said, you know, we've had a reprieve when Trump got elected. And I thought, well, you can write them off as prophets. I mean, it's, it's a nice idea. It's wishful thinking. It's a strong delusion because what's coming directly at us is the red horse of war. But, you know, people wanted to believe that, you know, we were going to catch a break here. Well, I think the first few months of the Trump administration have already shown us that uh, we didn't get a reprieve. We don't have more time. This thing's unraveling right before our eyes. But, you know, the point people don't realize is the communists, they play a very long term chess game. they don't have a change in government every four to eight years. they don't fire the heads of all their government agencies because a new communist got elected and behind the scenes, the same people stay in power for a generation. You know we were told the official story was when the Soviet Union collapsed that the top guys in the KGB, you know, basically became thieves and, and took control of Russia's economic assets as the oligarchs of the mid-90s. You know, and then now it was just a, a mafia criminal state in which the Russian mafia, with interests you know, tied to the KGB, were now basically fighting over who would control the money. But if that were true, it wouldn't explain how Russia has suddenly emerged with new fifth-generation military weapons that are ahead of where we're at militarily. It doesn't explain how the nation would develop capabilities. No, what was happening behind the scenes is the Communist Party was still very much in control. Yeah, and yes, we were deceived. The Communist Party had long ago planned to go underground. It had to disappear in order to create the facade of democracy. A democracy that would only be real in the presentational sense. It's only real in terms of its rhetoric, the faces that got paraded in front of the cameras. It kind of reminds me of the democracy in a number of other countries that appear to be real democracies, but they're no more real than. Than a puppet show. Beneath the surface, the Communist Party was still in operation. Its members joined all of the other political parties that were organized. So there may have been a lot of different political parties arguing a lot of different rhetoric, just like you know our elections, where we get you know this conservative rhetoric from the red party, and then we get this liberal rhetoric from the blue party. But when we finally get a guy in office, nothing changes. Turns out it was all rhetoric. It's really the same party. Now, the current guy might actually be an outsider. From the way that they're resisting him, it kind of looks like he really is an outsider. So what was really happening inside the collapsed Soviet Union was a creation of the facade of democracy that would create the air of legitimacy to a system that was still being controlled by the communists, and who were now mafia bosses, behind the curtain of deception. You know, part of their earliest strategy was to infiltrate organized crime. And to further establish the Soviet bloc sponsored, they, they sponsored an organized crime syndicate throughout the world. Now, why? Why did the Communist Party want to be involved in organized crime? Well, the main reason for their infiltration into the organized crime syndicates was the belief that the highest quality of information could be obtained through organized criminal connections. Information on political corruption, drug trafficking, and counterintelligence could be found within organized crime connections. The Russians were especially interested in drug trafficking, For one, it's a very lucrative business. Second, it opened the way to poisoning Western culture and creating, essentially, a cancer inside Western society. And it allowed the laundering of dirty money generated from the drug trafficking to basically be laundered through the Western banking system, corrupting and infiltrating subverting financial institutions using the drug money. Organized crime under the control of an enemy nation is a tremendous weapon. And everyone knows the Russian mafia and the Eastern European mafias are the most feared in the world. They don't cross these people. They chop you up into little pieces. But organized crime that is actually under the control of an enemy nation-state is a fearful weapon. The threat of this weapon is another dimension of the Cold War that was never fully understood by Western leaders, who thought, the Western mind thought you could separate the criminal sphere of the communist system from its political sphere. But in reality, inside the communist world, there was only one global revolution, there was only one global ambition, and they prosecuted their war against the West using every available means. By infiltrating organized crime, they outflanked NATO. They got around our nuclear deterrence and while they placed puppet strings on our big city politicians, our police officials, our political and intelligence government agency leaders. It was a strategy of menacing the enemy's flank. And an indirect indipro- approach to acquiring domination over the West. The communist plan to destroy America included a gradual socialization of the United States to transition America from a free capitalist system to a liberal and progressive government that would ultimately resemble or be similar to the communist systems of the rest of the world. And at which point, an absolute collapse of the American economy would push us over the edge where we would either capitulate and surrender to global communism or be in a position where we could not defend ourselves. If these objectives appear to read like the recent headlines of your newspapers, you shouldn't be so surprised. Soviet strategy is not conspiracy theory. It is conspiracy history. In 2007, a Russian intelligence defector testifying before U.S. Congress made the following statement. I want to warn Americans. As a people, you are very naive about Russia and its intentions. You believe because the Soviet Union no longer exists that Russia is your friend. It is not your friend. And I can show you how the Russian intelligence services are attempting to destroy the United States today, and they are more effective than the KGB was during the Cold War. While the U.S. continues to treat Russia as a normal country and a partner, Russia's friendship is nothing more than pretense. Moscow is preparing its forces, building new weapons, acquiring new technology from the West. What happened in the Soviet Union? Was it dismantled itself for the sake of reorganization and for the sake of enhancing Russia's military power? The leadership of the Russian military today is the same leadership that was there during the period of Soviet communist dominance. War is coming to America, or the U.S. will surrender without a war. Which will it be? The ruling elite of the Soviet Union did not step down when the Soviet communist system collapsed. They replaced the symbols of Soviet communism with Russian nationalism. And they changed the name of a number of organizations. But the same people remained in power. The outward appearance changed, but nothing of substance changed at all. The primary military doctrine of the Soviet Union And today, of the Russian military, is the single objective that the United States must be destroyed. You think this is impossible? Then history is impossible. The idea of destroying America did not occur inside Russia without the simultaneous claim by the Russian government that America itself actually is desiring or trying to destroy Russia. Putin gave a speech on the 60th anniversary of the Nazi invasion of the Soviet Union. In that speech, this was 2001, in that speech, Putin likened NATO's aggression against Russia to the Nazi invasion and spoke as if Russia faced an imminent threat of destruction from a new enemy in the West. And that enemy is presented to the Russian people as the United States and its NATO allies. Russian propaganda has been successful in much of the world. America is viewed as the aggressor, a nation that is out of control, politically, morally. The current fiasco with the Trump administration just continues more of the same. You know, we're a we're a drunken sailor of a country now, while Putin and the and the, and the former communist countries appear to be the considered statesmen who ultimately, when all other measures have proved futile, they will ultimately be forced to destroy the United States in order to stop the threat against world peace. And that's how they're going to sell this war to the survivors. And it indeed is coming. Behold, the red horse is about to make his run. Even now, if you care to look closely, you will notice the lion has emerged from the thicket. And the destroyer of the Gentiles is standing tall in the grass. These things really are coming. I'm sure, you know, some people think I'm crazy. They think you're crazy when you share similar warnings. The future will, no doubt, prove them wrong. It's high time that we prepared, people. And you know, now some people aren't planning on doing anything. Okay, you know, I guess that's a plan. Other people, you know, are planning on um, stockpiling some tuna fish, or you know, toilet paper, whatever. Well, that's a plan. I personally don't think any of our plans are worth the time of day. I think we have got to find God's plan or we got nothing. And um, I spent, yesterday I was praying and and asking the Lord, Lord, show me exactly what you want me to do. I don't care what it is. I don't have an agenda. I just want to know for sure that I'm on your page. What is it that you want me to do? Stay, go, do this, do that. It doesn't matter. I just need to know that I've heard from you. I'll do anything, anything at all, Lord. Just, I don't want to miss you in this hour because missing the Lord in this hour could prove to be a very costly mistake. And so I said, Lord, I'll do anything, anything at all. Just tell me what you want me to do. And I heard the Lord say, I want you to begin fasting and praying. And folks, I think that would be really good advice. Um, it is my sense. This is just my opinion. You know, There's always a, the exception so it's not an absolute standard. But it is my sense from talking to people and from testing the spiritual atmosphere, that, just using my own discernment, that most people are struggling right now, harder than they have for years. That a number of people are finding it very difficult to fast and pray. People that had previously spent time, seasons, Fasting and prayer. People are finding it almost impossible today. People are finding their prayer life being interrupted. That the urgency of the moment is is disrupting both their meditation time in the Scripture, their quiet time with the Lord, and their and their time in intercessory prayer. I think we are in that final window where we have got to do whatever it takes to pull together spiritually. And I sense that a lot of people are having a hard time with that. Now, if you're the exception, that's not you, thank God, be praying for the rest of us. But if you're like me, it's harder to pray today than it was. It's harder to fast today than it was. Thus, all the more reason us to gather together as a community of believers, gather together as a prayer army, gather together as as the people of God and lift up holy hands, stand in the gap for each other and pray, because, brothers and sisters, the time really is at hand. And once this starts, I don't think it'll be possible to prepare spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, in, in any way, if you're not prepared, then you simply
0: won't be prepared. You know, folks, listen to what Benjamin says. You know, the red horse is about to ride. And just when you think it couldn't get any worse, then the black horse takes off after that. And, you know, complete economic collapse. Uh, you know, can't buy. Everything's completely overinflated. It's outrageous. And, and, then, and then after that, it's the force seal gets open, and, and then we have another, a pale horse, and, it, and it's interesting, Benjamin, about the pale horse because it's like we're going through all these things, and you're talking about it. it seems you're right, Benjamin. There's so many people that are having trouble to um, finding a way to prepare because it feels like everything that could come against you is coming against you to distract you. And, and in Ezekiel 14, it's very interesting. Most people are familiar; they remember that when when God kind of goes through these four different judgments, and He says, you know, if, if whether Do, Noah. Daniel or job were there they couldn't deliver anyone except their own souls you know nobody they couldn't deliver anyone else and then at the end what I love about this in Ezekiel 14 he says how much worse when I bring all four of my judgments at one time uh, I, everything goes crazy at once uh, it says for thus saith the Lord God m- much more when I send my four sword judgments upon Jerusalem, the sword, the famine, the noise and beast and the pestilence, to cut off from it man and beast. Yet behold therein shall be left a remnant that shall be brought forth both the sons and daughters. Behold they shall come forth unto you and you shall see their way and their doings and ye shall be comforted concerning the evil that I have brought upon Jerusalem, even concerning all that I have brought upon it. So here, one judgment at a time, he says you can't deliver or sons or daughters but yet when i bring them all four at once when it's gone absolutely insane and he talks about those four judgments the sword the famine the noisome beast and the pestilence and you flip over here and realize that is actually the fourth uh seal in revelation he says in the, in revelation 6 8 it says and i looked and behold a pale horse and his name That sat on it was death and hell followed with him, and power was given unto him over the fourth part of the earth to kill with sword, with hunger, and with death, and with the beasts of the earth. The same thing. It is Ezekiel 14 here at the end is the fulfillment of that seal. And so it's like everything goes crazy at once, and God says, it's then you are going to see deliverance of sons and daughters. And so, folks, I just want to say push through it is a dark hour right now, and we're going to see some of the worst things. But we are going to see a deliverance like we can't imagine. Get, get in there with God. I know we feel sometimes, Benjamin. You, you know, you have these seasons of powerful prayer and fasting and 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 seeking God's face, and then all of a sudden, right now, it feels like we're stuck in quicksand at times. And folks, just push through you can do this seek god he will give you the strength and i'm telling you when these horses it's going to go crazy and white. when it seems like it couldn't get any worse deliverance will be there for the body amen benjamin thank you so much i find it interesting that of all the words you've heard from the lord through all these years and i tell you Folks, these are not the words, Benjamin did not hear the words of the, of the pillow prophets or the words of the prosperity gospel. And I don't think, Benjamin, you ever heard the word that you felt someone was going to donate $10,000 at this moment. But they were serious <laughs> words. And the one word you receive at this moment is fast and pray.
1: That's all we can do. And you know what? It is so critical right now. And, you know, we, we have to find the discipline. We've got to find the discipline to make this happen, you know, because it's not just our life that is dependent upon it, but so our families, our children, our children's children. We got to stand in the gap. We have to be the people that show up. And, you know, what else, what else are we going to do now? Some are going to continue to party. You know, they're going to keep going to their entertainment. They'll keep enjoying the pleasures of the flesh. And you know, the, the Lord will have to do the work in them. And these horsemen are going to trample these people. Now, if they belong to the Lord, they won't stay dead forever. But far better to be accounted among the remnant who get to survive and escape and endure this hour than the people that die in these wars. And, you know, this nuclear war that's coming, people don't understand what an an attack using atomic bombs is really like. It's a very unpleasant event for 80% of the people who take up to two weeks to die. You know, we, we have this imaginary view that, well, you just, you know, everybody's just vaporized. Well, that's true if you're at ground zero. That's not true if you're in the outer blast circles. And in looking at targeting, and you know, I was shown, I did see in a in a dream or a vision from the Lord, I did see the attack on on the Southern California area in particular. And I could tell where the where the epicenters. There was probably seven or eight of these massive bombs. And as I thought about exactly where those detonations would have taken place i realized these russians are these guys are serious man they're the outer circle which is the worst place to be uh... they're going to reserve that for the wealthy neighborhoods you betcha they hate these rich americans you know the affluent americans the, the, the ruling elite of the Communist Party have not had our living standard. You know, they have lived in a system that has not had our wealth, and and uh, they intend to punish the American people. You know, it talks about it in Scripture. They're coming. They show no mercy. These people are not going to be reasonable. They're coming to deal out a world of hurt. You know, there will be people that are delivered in this hour. And I would just ask you guys, remember me and your prayers, remember Frank and your prayers. Guys, if we would just all pull together over the next 30 days in whatever you can do to step up your prayer and fasting regimen, if it's one one meal a day at a minimum, if it's one day, if it's a Daniel fast, if it's, you know, several days, three, four days, Although if you get to four days, you're no longer hungry, and it, you know, it really becomes quite powerful at that point. But whatever you can do, stand in the gap, and to pray, as Jesus said to his disciples, pray with me for one hour. We're at that point, folks. Pray with us for one hour, because the night's coming. This thing's going to break loose. We don't have another year or two of peace. And we've got to get ready. You know, and as you stand in the gap and pray for other people, God's doing a work in your heart. And so, you know, I thank you all for listening. God bless you guys that are part of the prayer team. Thank you for praying. You know, the, the reward of the Lord is with him. It's been hard on all of us. I mean, we're, we are swimming upstream against the tide of humanity, which is going off the edge of the abyss right now. But the light mm-hmm. and the truth are with us. The Lord's with us, and we will prevail. So you guys, hang in there. God bless you all. Frank, thanks for uh, putting on the program tonight.
0: Amen. Thank you, everyone. Folks, I just want to end with this scripture. from Psalm 31, 21 through 24. Blessed be the Lord, for he hath showed me in his marvelous kindness in the strong city, for I said in my haste, I am cut off from before in thine eyes. And, folks, I know what it feels like when you feel like there's not that communication there. But then it goes on, nevertheless, thou heardst the voice of my supplication when I cried unto thee. Folks, God's listening. O oh, love the Lord, all ye his saints, for the Lord preserveth the faithful and the plentiful. Reward the proud doer. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart all ye that hope in the Lord. And with that, folks, this is Brother Frank and Brother Benjamin from the Rendant Call saying good night and shalom. Shalom.